Hey, thanks for uh, picking us up for another week. Uh, we've got a great guest this week, Corey Atad, um, and uh, he's a podcaster, Toronto writer uh, about film and a, and a terrific guest. He brought a really interesting, really great film uh, called Trouble Every Day, which is uh, a foreign film from 2001 and a movie that I would never have found on my own. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, but first, we've got a brand new sponsor and uh, let's get to the show. Hey, you, you want to see something really scary? You bet. It's Let's Scare Matthew Price to Death with your host, Matthew Price. Ah, oh, another show. Excellent. <laughs> so, um, this was a really, I, I, you know, sometimes I get given a movie and I, and I don't know what to think. And this, and this was one of those times. Um, so we're going to talk about this movie, which, uh, which is, uh, yet another, um, uh, and this is interesting to me how many of the films that I get recommended as like seminal horror films are not made in North America. Cause I think of horror movies as kind of, uh, a, a, an English language genre. But before we get to that, we do have as promised off the top, a brand new sponsor. Now, it's it's kind of a downer, I will say this. You know, when we get sponsorships, like, look, we're whores, we take the money. Uh, that's There's no question about that. But, um, but sometimes I'm a little like, I don't know how... Anyway, our sponsor this week is cancer. Uh, so, I, I, you know, it's... And uh, look, don't get me wrong. This is a big sponsor. There's a lot of cancer out there. There's still people smoking. There's lots of, there's lots of cancers still killing people. Uh, it's doing fine. I don't know why it feels the need to advertise, but, but you know, the fact is that it is one of those dread situations. Nobody wants to hear that word coming out of their doctor's mouth. Cancer is, uh, you know, they've been, Hey, they've been really nice to us. I don't want to, don't get me wrong. They've been a great sponsor, but, um, so, uh, you know, so I don't know, think about them when you're, <laughs> when you're cooking dinner tonight and maybe lay off the bacon i don't know what to tell you um which brings me to my guest <laughs> yes <laughs> the opposite of cancer oh okay thank you thank you I've... usually when i do these throws from the from the sponsors i have to think about like uh how do i make it sound like i'm not describing my guest because i'm not the sponsors are random they don't know who's going to be on the, true anyway Corey and tad welcome thank you uh so uh thanks for coming on the show uh thank you for having me on the show yeah you it's... are a uh you're you're a person i had in mind when i started this show I oh wanted good to talk to you excellent um and uh and i was really uh interested in your <laughs> in the movie that you picked what what movie did you pick uh i picked trouble every day the claire denis film oh uh oh i watched nothing but trouble the movie with Dan Aykroyd is that no I'm just kidding I didn't do that <laughs> that would be uh, a different kind of horror movie I, I, yeah yeah the running we're recording five shows and every single one I think I'm going to pick a wrong movie to say that I watched and see what happens well um uh no nothing but trouble uh trouble every day <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have a book, I am I am <laughs> anyway yeah the Claire Denis film um yes. Uh, and, and I, and I, you know, not a movie that I ever would have come across on my own. So thank you. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did not even know this movie existed. Good. Have you seen any of Claire Denis' other films? Uh, so in, in, in somewhat in preparation for this, I had the movie Bastards sitting in my, right. Which in actually, my Netflix yes. queue. So I watched that Which as may well. be more upsetting in some ways than this movie. Less in some graphic, ways. Yeah. But yeah. maybe more upsetting. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I will. I will agree with that, and I'm not sure if that's since. So I only have those two examples. Right? Is that Claire Denis' thing? Not entirely. Okay. Uh, you know, there tends to be 
her films tend to have, especially her last couple, there tends to be a dread in her films. Yeah. Even even in, let's say, the lighter ones, there's like ones that are totally, you know, not even thrillers at all and still have a kind of dread to them. Just you're not entirely sure how humans are going to behave with each other. And so it creates this suspense. Um, but yeah, most of her movies are like more sensual and, you know, Trouble Every Day is sensual in, in some senses. I, I, uh, I would, yes. I would, <laughs> I would go so far as to call it erotic and it's sort of yeah. uh, outlook on stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, how did you, well, first of all, how, how did you uh, sort of, what's your, um, just quickly, we're, we're going to, you know, we'll give you some, some credits in our show notes, mm -hmm. but by way of sort of grounding this. How do you, how do you come at film? What's your kind of uh, your background or your or your current um, expression uh, of your love of film? General, I mean, I write about film every now and then. Um, I watch a lot of films, but yeah, I don't have like a specific back. I didn't study film, or you know. But you're but you're writing ongoing on the internet and yeah yeah podcasting. I, and... I should be writing more than I am, but yeah, well, I'm we writing. Sh we should all be doing that. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, no, I mean, movies and TV. I had a podcast that just ended about Mad Men, so that, you know, we yes, could sit which, here. We could talk about that for hours, so let's, let's maybe avoid but that. But let's subject. at least mention, because I really like it, the name of the podcast. <laughs> yes, it's called Not Great Pod, uh, yes. which, if you have watched Mad Men, is fabulous. Yes. And, I, and every time I read it in my head, I do it in the inflection of the guy in the, not great pod. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Which is uh, more yeah. fun even it's, than anything. It's one of, to, personally, it's one of my, I take pride in it. It's one of my great life's achievements is coming up with that That you've title. thought of that in, name? In fact, yeah. the podcast came from me coming up with that name as a joke on Twitter and then going, I should turn this into an actual podcast because the name is too good not to do something with. Yeah. 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 That's kind of how I came up with the name of this show. Well, uh, <laughs> So, so yeah, it's one way to do it. Yeah. Um, so, so, um, I, I think one of the things I was curious about is this movie was pretty, uh, it was older than I thought it was. So after I finished watching it, I went mm -hmm. and looked it up and I realized, man, this is from, uh, Trouble Every Day is from 2001. Yes. Uh, and it doesn't seem like it's from 2001. It seems, no. it seems fresher than that in a certain way. How, did you see it when it came out? No, not at all. I... I mean, the first Denis film I saw was back in 2008 or 9, um, 35 Shots of Rum. And then I watched another one or two of her movies after that. I think only one. And then it took until uh, Bastards, which I saw at TIFF. And then they did a retrospective after TIFF of all of her okay. movies. And I went to all of them. Um, and she very quickly became one of my favorite directors. So I only saw this, I guess it would have been fall 2013. Okay. So you saw this as an adult, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what about it other than really liking Denis in, in general, mm -hmm. what's the sort of like, what is your recollection of watching that the first time? Um, I mean, I went into it knowing that it was, it's a bit of a controversial movie in her, uh, Let's use the word oeuvre. In her filmography. In her Let's oeuvre. use the word oeuvre. Yeah, yeah, I want to do it. It is a French movie. So, uh, yeah, in her oeuvre. Um, bit controversial. It also came after what's generally considered her, like, masterpiece. So it's it's kind of a Fargo, Big Lebowski situation where, like, this big masterpiece came out and then this movie that people didn't know what to make of came out. And, of course, this one's a lot more... Um, 
in your face than Big Lebowski. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I went into it knowing that, but not knowing really what it was about and finding the images in the movie uh, extremely shocking, especially because um, there's a lot of, a lot of the filmmaking, a lot of the interests of the camera are very similar to her other movies, but her other movies don't go violent in the way that this one does. Yeah. Um, so to see that, like almost logical extreme was really really powerful yeah there's a real sense so uh you know in general my impression is that there's a real sense of um uh in in both of those both of the movies that i've seen now of mm -hmm. kind of letting the audience find the story oh yes as that, opposed to telling a story there's not really sure. she's not really telling a story she's sort of showing bits and letting right. you kind of fill in what's happening right right in fact this movie the one point where she does tell there's these flashbacks that are almost like they're shot with a different film stock and they kind of feel like an old 70s cheap horror movie in the way that they lay yeah. out the exposition but that's not the interest of the movie at all um i don't think yeah it's not really what it's about right? no but what okay but just just a just a kind of uh lay the groundwork <laughs> what is the story nominally of uh, trouble every day the story such as it is is about two couples um one is a french couple uh, and another is an american couple um and the movie opens with the french couple the woman in particular basically luring another man off the road like a, a trucker yeah um having sex with him and then her partner comes and you basically see like she's covered in blood. The guy is dead. Something bad has, has happened. Has happened. Yeah. Uh, what you find out over the course of the movie is that she and the uh, American man are both suffering from this disease that basically causes them to become extremely violent and semi-cannibalistic during sex. Yeah. Which... <laughs> yeah. One one of the things I like about this movie a lot is there's no sense of what this thing is that's wrong with them. Like it's no, very... I mean, it's understood that at a certain point that they were experimenting with some kind of weird medicine or disease somewhere in the tropics, and yeah, it went wrong. Uh, they experimented on themselves. It sounds like. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it's not really explained what this thing is. Yeah, it's uh um. You know, genre in general, and I think you could argue that she's, you know, try, working in genre. Yeah, well, yes. In the film to some to some degree. But what's what's uh, what I like about this a lot is, um, she, you know, genre usually has rules, like there's or categories. Like there's kind of like this is a vampire movie, or right. this is a you know, or this is like this is a farce or whatever. And there's there's kind of like you know broad. Um, uh, uh, sort of guidelines, right? right? Yes, and and uh, it's like she starts by saying, "Well, I'm going to make a genre film, but I'm not going to. There's not going to. None of those guidelines are going to be in place for you to sort right. of hang on to while you watch this." Yeah, it has several elements going on. I mean, it has a bit of a monster element. It has kind of a Cronenberg body horror, like not not quite body horror, but a similar yeah. like uh, fear of biology. Um, and then there's Cronenberg came to mind. Lynch came to mind for me Lin a yeah. little bit, like in the sense of like just the way that humans are very unpredictable in the movie, and they don't really like right. in Blue Velvet. They don't really ever seem like you're going to know what they're going to do, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of the tension in the movie is not quite understanding uh, 
both what they're afflicted with, but how far they're going to go. And once you know how far they're going to go, when they're going to do it, under what circumstances, yeah. how it's going to affect the other people around them. Um, so it has that. It also has like, a, you know, especially with the exposition scenes, the, a bit of that 70s, you know, biological yeah. uh, thriller kind of angle. And um, it has uh, uh, Vincent Gallo. Yes. Who kind of is, he is a walking, his his head is like a walking 1970s reference. Yes. Right? I always think, in my mind, I'm always like, this is what it would be like if John Cazale didn't die. Yeah, except... <laughs> Cazale except, would have made all these movies. Except without be, without that kind of more pathetic quality. Like... Yeah, yeah. No, it's... Cazale would have been more confident after Deer Hunter. Yes. John Cazale is, is Fredo, for those of people who don't remember right. who he is, because he passed away, like, like from cancer or something, like, pretty... Hey, our yes. sponsor. Uh, he passed away from our sponsor. Very Too young. soon. Too, Too soon. soon. Um, uh, but, um, and, that, you know, I, that's not a plug for... Anyway. Um, uh, but, but, uh, but I feel like he would have gotten graduated into these kinds of roles that right. like, I could totally see John Cazale in Buffalo 66. He would completely, uh, yeah. right. Or this movie. He'd get or... to that sort of creepy stage. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Vincent Gallo's an interesting presence in this he movie. Just, yeah. Especially, I like, I like him a lot. Especially you know? contrasting with, uh, his newlywed wife, uh, yes, who's too. like totally angelic yes yes anytime her face and his face are in the same frame there's like this weird tension of this isn't right there's something wrong here which is the movie i mean that's yeah and it's um it's as if because he he is so ragged looking and weird and they do like play up he doesn't shave and they do play up how kind of weirdly angular his head is and stuff um yeah, it always seems like they're they're in a lot of close up shots together, two shots of just their faces, and, yeah. and it's like, are both of these people both humans? No. You know, like <laughs> like in the same way. It's like you know, yeah. like when you see a uh, a uh, Great Dane and a Chihuahua together, and you're like, <laughs> both of these are dogs. Eh? Yep. Interesting. That doesn't work. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. <laughs> doesn't and work. It, at you're all. right. It contributes a lot to like this like whenever like yeah. that's the thing when when um emmanuel bayard who mm-hmm. plays the the french woman that, uh, that's affected by this when mm-hmm. when she uh does crazy stuff you're i think you're continually kind of surprised and and uh and horrified when when vincent gallo does it i'm just like yeah, right that was gonna you're happen. not at all yeah yeah you you sense i mean there's given hints that he's messed up from the start, but the, you just see it on his face. You're yeah. like this guy, there's something, something wrong with him. That's going to turn violent. Um, w- yeah. With the French woman, it's not, you, you also get, obviously like the movie starts that way, but there's, um, there's a real surprise and her, her kind of horror sequence comes first too. Yeah. Uh, which I think is really important because, it i think if her story hadn't been in it it could have just been a very easy like men are terrible and rape women kind of story but that's not really what it's about yeah um agree it's about that that line between intimacy and force and intimacy and power uh and control um and these these people go way too far with it Um, yeah well, there's. I think running through it is too like um, 
to that to that point, there's kind of two things. One is that Gallo's character is actively resisting it in a way yes. that is the most graphic that you could, I think, make uh, in this in, in a movie like this, where you know he he just he violently masturbates yes. every time he feels like he's going to do something bad, right? Um, uh, until you know he doesn't, until he finally gives into it. But it's like an you know it's like saying that there's a a rape or a violence drive right kind of present and you know what do you do to get rid of that right mm -hmm. um um but then uh uh you know and he and he never like allows himself so that so that narrative is in there kind of like i think to your point like mm -hmm. refuting this idea that it's well it's about men of power but it's also this thing of you know being in these intimate situations yes. with people um that that there's you know allowing someone to do violence on you and allowing them to to uh have sex with you aren't that really they're, they're, that they're, they're similar permissions right right well i mean it's it's pretty crucial that in both you know there's the two kind of big sequences and in both cases it's these sex scenes that are consensual um and they're a little bit rough even to start with but yeah. they're both like very explicitly consensual um just one of the parties you know steps right several steps beyond what's normal but what's interesting especially in that first sequence uh, with the french woman you know she lures this uh young boy in who's or, yeah what teenager or something yeah the second um, the second murder that you see right like the, the second murder is the, the second is murder the that you see yeah it might actually even be the third one but you don't see the the previous you don't see the right you just see the before and then Covered with blood, which again seems very much like Denise style. That's why I think it's so shocking when she does show you. Yeah. Because she normally um almost like my thought was almost for reasons of budget, she was never gonna show no, the actual things happening because they're hard to shoot, right? <laughs> yeah. Um but then she does. Tur so. Turns out that wasn't the reason. It, yeah. I, I think, you know, there's a bit of a um I was when I was watching it again in prep for this, I was thinking a lot about under the skin um yeah there's a lot yeah there there yeah. is a predatory aspect to that but what i thought was most interesting is that in under the skin the first i think couple times that you see her lure a man in you don't see what happens to them yeah and then you see what happens to them and it reframes your understanding of what was going on um and i think it's the same in this where you know when you don't see the act itself okay so she's kind of a monster when you see the act itself it's more horrific, but at the same time, when you see her actions, the way she's like, I mean, she's basically eating this guy yeah, um, while having sex with him and being very affectionate while eating while him. While eating him, yeah. In an animalistic way, but like affectionate. She's not doing it out of like being some monster who's going to consume him. It's that her desire for him, this kind of lust has taken over in this really extreme way. Yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of... Um... Yeah, there's no uh, 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 there's no anger in it. No, not at all. At all. Not at right? all. Yeah. And and the other thing that it reminded me of a lot um, was uh, let the right one in. Mm -hmm. Again, in the sense of almost the sense of the the monsters in this movie are as much victims of their yeah. of their monsterdom as the victims are. Yes. You know, and and uh, and in both cases, the the at least at the beginning of the movie, things are kind of held in check by having a, a, a compassionate helper mm -hmm. who kind of, you know, like locks her up and like does what he can. You know, the husband is a really interesting character because he's 
clearly there's no way to fix this, right. but he can't really, he loves her too much to end yeah. it. Right. And he's, he's clearly been trying to, like you see that he, he's a doctor. He's been experimenting on like, try, he has stuff at home that he's working on, Yeah, but not, nothing. And he's disgraced working. himself professionally yes. while he, you know, sacrificed everything right. to, uh, to do it. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, um, that's an interesting connection. And I think that, that it's, it's a good one because I think both let the right one in and this film are about, uh, I mean, this one's not, not entirely about love, but there is an element of that there where, you know, what is the difference between loving somebody and controlling them? Yeah. Um, or controlling yourself for that matter, controlling yourself around somebody that you love. You know, if, if Vincent Gallo is, you know, in love with his wife, but he can't have sex with her because, you know, and they want to, like you see, like in every instance, they're like, he wishes he could, he loves her a lot. Yes. Yeah. But he can't bring himself to do it because he's scared of what might happen. Right. Um, And it's not clear, but it seems likely that she doesn't know. I, uh, what's wrong with him? Yeah, I I don't know entirely if she if she knows exactly what's wrong with him, but she gets that there is something wrong. Like she's not yeah, oblivious. Yeah, I think to in her mind it's that he's just got hangups. Maybe, and, yeah. You know that uh, that he's got anxiety about sex, right? And, and that she's trying to love him enough to cure him, but right. He, you know, but that's not going to work. And also, that's not what's happening. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work. I mean, he is having anxieties about sex, right? But, for but very, it's more about very... <laughs> right. I should not kill and eat my wife. Yeah, that is, is really the anxiety that he has. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be really bad. And I think that that it becomes, um, there there is a scene. There's a scene on the subway, on the metro, where he's acting like a predator. Uh, in a way that he doesn't, even with the uh, the hotel maid who he ends up sleeping with, yeah, um, where he's behind this woman and he's kind of pressing the dog up against her. I don't know if if you remember the scene, yeah, and and you watch a scene like that, and in any other context, again, it it's it's a rapist, but there's this um, there's this tension in that where he knows what he's doing. And he's trying to stop himself. And he thinks that maybe if he gets his kicks in this way, he'll be able to put it aside. And again, just doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. He, he's, um, he's driven, he's driven for something that's a lot deeper than just sex. Right. Well, there's, there's, um, I don't know that it's necessarily like a a textual connection or not, but you know, a lot of what he does seems similar to me to say someone who, uh, thinks well if i watch enough gay porn i won't be gay yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> right? right if i just get edge up to this thing get close but right, don't exactly. actually act on it then it'll go away i'll be yeah. okay i'll no, be able to deal with it you won't be <laughs> no there, there's no way and 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 in fact the the truth of the matter is that in those cases usually it then swings the other way completely yeah which it charges it does... up your batteries to the point yeah. where yeah he has no ch- by the end he's compelled to yeah he can't you know. there's no way that he can stop himself and the release that that creates um is i mean it's a understandable really like yeah just as a human response it makes sense if you took away the horrific th- part of what he does um it makes sense as just a, a lurid sex scene. You know, he cheated on his wife with this woman who he was who, lusting after. Yeah. She was and kind who of is after lusting him. after him and yeah. is trying to, you know, is intrigued by him and trying, right. you know. Um, 
And she's an interesting character too. The the woman who plays the maid, who like I think she knows like right away that, you know, they're they're really um, careful to like show her naked almost right away and be like kind of like yeah. this is a, a sexualized uh, woman. Yes. In almost all the scenes where she's eroticized, I think. yeah, eroticized, which sorry, is, yeah, which yeah. is I think a important difference because I don't, you know, the movie doesn't objectify. Uh, no, in, in I don't mean way. it that way. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. But but I think that that's it's part of what the movie is doing, right? It's uh, it's it often shoots like for example in the in the sex scene with the French woman uh, before it gets really horrific. There's all these shots which are very common in Denis's work, just, you know, shots of the man's torso in these like really almost abstract way. Like you're looking at you know that it's skin and hair and you don't know entirely what you're looking at. And you're yeah. like, oh, okay, and and it's beyond objectification. It's a centralization. Right. And, and there's an abstraction to the way that she shoots uh, Com- people. Completely. And, and I think that yeah. there's a, with the maid, there's a more distant version of the same thing, which is that, you know, almost immediately you see her naked. The next thing you see her do is like lift her leg up into the sink and start washing her feet. Yeah. Which is something that you normally wouldn't see in a movie and is strangely hot. And you're like, oh, this is interesting. And of course, Vincent Gallo isn't seeing any of this. But you as an audience are like set up to go, okay, we want to see more sexual things with this woman. Yeah. Um, the movie kind of pushes you in that direction. Not to punish you, I don't think, but just to to let you understand what that kind of desire is. Yeah. And, it, you know, movies can do this and, and really well, which is to show the audience something that even if a character in the movie doesn't see that thing in your mind, it's like they saw it. Like, exactly. or, or you, you, you know, you're pushing, you're transferring that idea over right. so that his actions seem, uh, you know, if not uh, justified, at least understandable. Um, and yeah, uh, right. And, yeah. And... It puts you in a mindset. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's not, I mean, this is the thing. It's, it, you know, from the I think I think what I'm curious about is from the perspective of it being a a horror movie mm-hmm. for you what is the what is the horrific aspect of this because as a genre exercise and a <laughs> yeah. kind of a stylistic thing I think it's incredibly successful mm-hmm. um, are there aspects of this that you carried with you in terms of the anxieties the movie brings up or um I mean, I would hope that I try not to, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but there is, there is something about those, the images during those horror sequences that speak to something about the way in which you desire somebody, Um, which isn't to say that like, I desire women violently. Um, But again, it's like, it's like, there's certainly nothing on the record. So, right. No. (laughs) Exactly. But, but it's sort of like you said, where there's, there's, um, it's like a fine line. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's that fine line and it makes you, it makes you conscious of this idea that wanting someone is also wanting to control someone. It's also wanting to have power. It's also, uh, wanting to be physical. And so pushed to that extreme, you understand what that, what the potential end result of that is. Um, and, and in the same way you can understand what that would be emotionally as well, where you're saying, okay, so like metaphor, if this is a metaphor for something, then what is, what are these actions representative of in the context of their emotional lives? Right. Um, and that's where the anxiety is right for somebody like Vincent Gallo in the movie. 
Yeah, it it um I think you're right. Like I think the thing that's interesting about it is that you can as a viewer place yourself into these the context of these situations right. up to a point and you can it's like you can look over the mm-hmm. mountain at the next valley and see like I can see that area yeah. of psychological danger and it shocks from you. where I am able to go. And that's shocking. Even though I couldn't go to that place, right? And and that's shocking. Like I know that I'm not going to eat somebody you know what i mean right but it's shocking to think that you can even get close to that yeah Um, and like psychological horror works when you when it usurps your own psychology right right so uh, i think it does that right uh to a great degree like this movie's gonna stay with me in a way that yeah you know and i and i have to say like in a way that maybe bastards won't like I think mm-hmm. that this actually, because she is explicit in certain ways and actually shows things on screen, where, mm-hmm. whereas in the other film, I think she never shows mm-hmm. kind of a lot of key things on screen. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, this, this, like um, uh, like the, not that it's related necessarily um, in terms of content, but, you know, like in the movie Cachet, uh, where, where he, you know, he, a lot of stuff is kind of happening outside of the scope of the film. Mm-hmm. When when the very shocking thing happens in the film, it it cements the rest like yes. it anchors. Yes, right. You need the real. You need movies need to show things. It can't just tell you right. about stuff afterwards. So, which, which bastards kind of does as well with its final scene. Uh, yeah, it's it just takes a really long, extremely time. upsetting yeah. final scene. I think yeah. that the difference between the two, um, and bastards maybe has some elements of of psychology as well, but I think that there's a grander. Um, scope to what that movie is doing in terms of these ideas about family dynamics and even French political dynamics that are kind of seeded into it. Whereas what's great about Trouble Every Day is that it's so focused on the character's psychology. They're barely even characters. So it's focused on like the pure psychology of these. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what they are, but in that well, sense, not, it's great they're because types. they're they're people. They're like pe- they they have dimensions. They're right. not just they're people, but at the same time, you know so little about them that you can. I, I guess that's the idea, right? You can insert yourself into them. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. So it becomes about that psychology, um, which yeah, it's it's terrifying. I mean, you know, yeah. Like I wouldn't call it. It's not a tabula rasa. It doesn't like. It's not a hundred percent saying project yourself onto all these people. No, but you can get um, in there just enough. Yeah. 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 Just just enough that it's that it that it's unsettling. It's hard to watch, and it also like it stays with you. I haven't seen the movie since 2013, uh, before watching it now. And when you suggested that I come on the podcast, I was like, oh, "What what movie do I think is really um, scary?" And I'm not often like scared by movies, yeah. and I wouldn't say that this movie is like scary exactly, but it is unsettling in this really deep deep way that stuck with me well it's it's one of the reasons that i say i was surprised at how old it was because by by really focusing so strongly on just like this sort of oblique way of getting at stuff i think it seems more modern Mm -hmm. um than even 2001 yeah Um, there's been a number of movies i think more recently that have traded on similar uh similar ways of doing horror yeah um not like I really do think that who the the people that made Let the Right One In must have seen this. I I they, they, would have to imagine. There's just, some images just in, in terms it that of are... the tone and stuff. They must have seen this movie and thought, yeah. oh yeah, this is a way to do a vampire movie that's a little more 
interesting than what's come before, right? Yeah, maybe maybe a little yeah, a little more elliptical as well. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean yeah. when you in in its own way, you know, by the time you do get to the end and you sort of back realize all the things that have been happening, it's a very linear Story. Oh, totally. But it, uh, it somehow feels it elliptical fe while yeah, you're watching it. Yeah, it doesn't feel linear. <laughs> you know, it in in essence, it's, you know, he's sick. He knows she is sick. He's trying to find the doctor that's working on her because hopefully he has a way to cure them. And then yeah. that's it, you know. And, yeah. and um, the one thing we haven't talked about that I think uh, as well is sort of a really interesting culmination of the movie is even before he lets go and goes with the maid, he visits her. Uh, yes. the, so the Vincent Gallo and, and Beatrice Dahl's character meet, meet each other and are, it's clear that they had some, uh, physical relationship mm -hmm. prior, probably illicit, mm -hmm. maybe even, although they don't necessarily go into it, but maybe even the reason that they both have, yes. that maybe that it it's sexually, sexually transmitted, transmitted. Yeah, maybe exactly. we don't know, you know, yeah. but it's, but it can, it's, there's a subtext there yeah. around, I think around him blaming her. Mm-hmm that maybe she got it first and gave it to him. Mm -hmm. Does that seem, does that track for you? Uh, yeah, that, I mean, it, it's, it's not clear at all what's happening, but yeah, that's certainly one of the thoughts yeah. that I, that I had. It's, uh, that, that he blames her and that he also, I think sees, um, the, you know, he comes to her after she's done this horrible thing and he sees essentially the manifestation of what he's capable of you know we see earlier in the movie he has right, these... he comes and the kid is it's there's stuff there right yeah like exactly he yeah he comes right after and I, I think he you've seen earlier in the movie that he's had these like fantasies about his wife like covered in blood and everything yeah uh in a very set like erotic way yeah. uh not you know horrifying because it's blood but you know, not but like there, it's there, there's not violence liquid there. and warm and sexualized right. or and, eroticized. And so you yeah. already get the sense, okay, this is where his mind is at. Yeah. Um, and when he sees her having actually done that, there's a, um, it's like a self-hatred that comes out in him. Um, that That's a, you know, literal, it's a hatred for her, but it's also, I think he's trying to quell what's in himself. Yeah. Like he needs and, to get rid of it. And they have a, a pretty, um, charged encounter where they're they look like they're going to have sex mm -hmm. and then they they both you know you're expecting them to tear each other apart mm -hmm. like that what happens when two of them reach that point of wanting to yeah. consume the other and who wins and instead it just it's dissipated yeah like they both or because, he because he, he stops it right i mean he, well, he, he just he, yeah, yeah. I don't know to spoil it, but like basically he he stops that situation because he re he recognizes that that's what's about to happen. Yeah, he knows that that's what's going to happen, and he also knows that she's more charged at that point than he is. Like she's already reached that level, and so for her it's just she's going to keep going. Um, so he just puts it down, and then like I mean he goes and gets a puppy after that. He goes yeah. like he like yeah. really he feels tries really to, guilty. He tries to go the complete opposite direction. Yeah, a yeah. uh, very cute puppy. So. Yeah, he. Uh, that's right. He goes to get a puppy and uh, washes a lot of blood off himself. Yeah. Uh, now I that that I can't remember. He does he kill someone at that point? He doesn't. Why is he Why is he all bloody? Or is he just bloody at the end? He's bloody at the end from the yeah. from the. Well, he's bloody from her as well. But you're thinking of at the end when right, uh, when right. he's showering with uh, right. his wife and yeah, there's kind of blood blood drops. And it has one of the great. I actually think it is. You know. Uh, uh, because the movie is sort of like being told in this way where the audience gets to make up its mind a lot. Um, it, it has a pretty much a gotcha ending. 
I mean, in, they, in what sense? In the sense that the you know he's trying to wash off all the evidence of this, right? And then oh, yeah. the wife comes in, and then there's a blood trickle on the wall, and she sees, she sees it. She sees it, and it's it's as overt yeah. um, a kind of a. Like, the next scene is her going, where did that come from? You know, right. like, let's talk about why you're covered in blood or where that yes. came from. Let's, we need to discuss this. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, um, you know, it re- it's like, in a way, it reminded me of the very ending of Taking a Pelham 123, where the guy sneezes yeah. and the <laughs> yes. door back opens. It's like, right. you know, wah, wah, he, you know, it's a very kind of like, right. for, especially for this movie, which seems to be all kind of you know, working in the corners almost like that's mm-hmm. front and center at the end of this movie. Like there's an ending to this. Yeah. Like, a real I, I think what conclusion. I think what's suggestive about the ending and what's nice about that ending is that it um there is a bit of a question mark in terms of how she's going to now deal with this. Or or even if um even if what have we've seen happen will eventually happen to her. Um it's not yeah. it's not known, you know, how that will end up, but Oh, like whether she will catch it, right? Because we don't still don't really if know. She, if... if she'll catch it or yeah. if I mean if he'll kill her yeah. or or what there it's not clear what will happen, but whatever happens will not be pleasant. That's that's what's clear. Even if all that happens is that they split up, that's not a pleasant thing. They're the happy newlywed couple. Right. Um, so it's upsetting to think, and again, remove the violence yes. from it and just look at it as a guy with extreme sexual anxieties who's maybe acted out on those anxieties. Uh, the wife finds out that's a tragic ending to a drama. Yeah. Know, except yeah. this is a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, you know, it's it's extra tragic because they never miss an opportunity for him to declare, I am happy. I am yes. so happy. Like he, it's like he's he keeps redeclaring how he, happy he is to try to like immunize himself. He to keeps having to, to say that yeah. to himself and also tell her that he's not going to hurt her. Which yeah, you know, if your husband is telling you I'm not going to hurt you, your new husband. That's yes, uh, and you already have a bite mark from him on your shoulder. That's maybe a deal breaker. Um, I would think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the bite mark on her shoulder is sort of slipped in there yeah. surreptitiously, and you sort of realize, like, Uh-oh. he's already had to explain something. Yes. Uh, you know, in some way. It's, it's yeah, there's, there's um, uh, the, you know, back to the body horror thing. I mean, I think it's not so much horror, but there's certainly, like, a love for viscera and fluids and mm-hmm. and kind of marks and, and uh, the way in which our bodies are destructible and yeah. kind of fragile. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's not that common for a movie to show ejaculate. Yeah, I know. In um, fact, I was surprised they don't show penises, but they do show ejaculate. Yeah, right? I'm like, not sure uh, what what the idea was there, but the but yeah, it's only it, in the sense that I think the 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 more common uncommon thing would be to to show um, uh, male nudity. Yeah, uh, right. That, that's the way in which sometimes directors right. but again, are that's... saying like, no, we're going to be open about stuff. Right, but that's not where this movie's interests lie. Right, of course not. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. uh the way that it's explicit is like you said it's in the viscera. Yeah. Um yeah. it's blood, it's bites, it's it's saliva, it's yeah. it's uh ejaculate. It's yeah. you know. You know when when you asked me to come on and I was thinking like uh scare Matthew Price to death. I don't know if I can find a movie that will scare him to death, but I can maybe like kill sex for him. Let's try that. Nope, didn't work. <laughs> well, I'm glad. 
but I gave it my best shot. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will say that uh, you know, since I only watched it last night, I haven't had sex since I watched the movie. So maybe you did. I don't know. It's possible. <laughs> Let me know after you try. I will. I'll, I'll report back to everyone. <laughs> That'll be the Record, bonus episode. Yeah, bon- yeah. Bonus podcast. Yeah, I tried yeah. it. It went really badly. poorly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. He, um, I guess I don't have much else that I wanted to get at. I, I did, I, you know, I think there is plenty. I do think that people should watch this. I think, yeah. uh, like I said, I had never heard of it, which is weird because I like Vincent Gallo and I feel mm-hmm. like I should have heard of it. Um, but he got, this is post Brown Bunny, right? So I guess he got kind of swallowed up into well, oblivion it, at that point. Yeah. It's post Brown Bunny, although he had worked with her before. Okay. So there's a a short film they did with her and then another sort of like technically a feature that she did for French TV that he was in. So yeah. she'd worked with him uh, before, even before, like I think before Buffalo 66 even. Um, but yeah, this was them coming back together for something extremely lurid. Yeah. yeah. I get why he would want to do it. Yeah. You know, it, as an actor, I think it's kind of a fun thing to take part in. Yeah. Right? There, there like... was an interview where she said that making the movie was quite fun so yeah i as as serious and it's uh you know kind of a down movie in the sense that there's this fatalistic no way out kind of feeling to the yeah. whole thing um it seems like that it would be a it's so outre in some fun of its elements it'd be a fun movie to make right? yeah. yeah blood special effects you know yeah yeah that mustache you know there's lots of that's lots a special of, effect it itself. is a special effect that mustache um <laughs> uh all right well uh any last images or thoughts around this or um no i mean watch it like really it's one of those cases where i think the especially some of the gory images they'll watch it they'll stick with you yeah it's a good movie um and watch her other movie claire denis amazing director and not all of like really not most of them are not horror some of them are like very beautiful and touching and yeah yeah watch her movies great director yeah humanist impressionist kind of yeah. sensibility yeah yeah um the opposite of what i usually like and i liked it yeah so. there you go yeah. I'm glad you liked it. I, I was did. worried, actually. I did. Well, that's okay. If I don't like them, that's okay, too. Still a good show. Yeah, I, I um, figured we'd have a good conversation yeah, either way. Yeah. Uh, so, Corey, where can people find you online if they're looking for you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Coryatad. It's Corey with an E. Um, and occasionally writing at Movie Mezzanine. Yes, which you're one of the co-founders. Are you not? Or, Ten, or original contributors? Te- sort of technically. All right. Yeah. I'm something in there. You're I was something. there. I was there from the start, right. sort of. Left um, came back. Are, and uh, and yeah. So thank you so much for for coming on. And this has been great. And uh, as always, you can find us on the Modern Superior Network at modernsuperior.com. You can uh, uh, find us on iTunes, uh, Google, or uh, Google. Search on iTunes for the for the <laughs> use Google too. use the Google to search on <laughs> iTunes for uh, Matthew Price, and I, I pop up right away. Um, just like just like always, if you can leave us a review, that's great. Reviews help the shows. You should review every podcast, not even the ones you don't listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for sure, uh, if you can leave us a review, that's great and very helpful. And uh, you can find uh, uh, us on Twitter at Scaredy Matcast, uh, um, and as well, you can uh, you can uh, write to us Scaredy Matcast at uh, iCloud.com. So thanks, and uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with another uh, great show.
presentation of the Modern Superior Media Network.